Hello, and here we are again. It's another edition of Deeper. It's so good to have you with us today. And it's a real delight to have Beck with us, our brand new curious. Hello, Beck. Hello. How are you doing? You had your you, you had your first sermon yesterday. Have you recovered? Have you you feeling okay about it? I have recovered, yeah. People were really, really kind, uh, which is good. They're obviously listening. Um, yes, no, it was really, really good to be with you all yesterday. Well, uh, they weren't just being kind, so they were being truthful. It was a good sermon. And uh, if anyone's not watched it online yet, I would encourage you to do that. Um, and uh, just tell us, what was the challenge at the end? Let's just talk about that now, because um, we want people to do something, don't we? Ah, yes. So your challenge for this week is to um, find a way to do a random act of kindness. Uh, so you are looking out for your opportunities to do something kind for someone. Uh, if you can make it a surprise, even better. Um, but you might want to um, buy someone a coffee, uh, drop them off a little package, anything you like to do something that makes someone smile, lets them know how valuable they are. That's good. Because the, the fruit of spirit we're talking about is, of course, kindness. Uh, so there we are. We've done love, joy, peace, patience, and now kindness. Love, joy, peace, patience. Yeah, that's right. I got it in the right order. Uh, I should know by now. I mean, it's, it's was it, five or six, five weeks in. So anyway, so uh, the passage that we... Um, that Beck used was Colossians 3 verses 12 to 17. We would love you to read that passage now. So press pause, read Colossians 3, 12 to 17, and then restart the video. So uh, I mean, we were talking before, and we both said the same thing. It's very like Galatians 5, isn't it? It is. There's, there's loads and loads of crossover there in that, that list early on uh, in how we should clothe ourselves. Yeah. And I mean, the whole thing as well, if you look at the rest of Colossians 3, uh, we get before this bit, uh, it's all about putting off, you know, getting rid of sinful practices, just like in Galatians 5, where it says exactly the same thing. Um, and then in Galatians 5, it gives the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, here, Paul doesn't call them the fruit of the Spirit. He simply put, he says, put on, and um, we'll, as we'll see in a moment. So uh, it is all about leaving behind sinful practices and adopting new holy practices. Uh, so that's the passage, very like Galatians 5. So let's go through, as we do, verse by verse. Uh, let's start with the beginning, verse 12. Uh, so, Beck, uh, what do you see in this passage? What strikes you as being important? Um, well, there's a couple of things in this passage. Um, so the first one draws out that we're, we are God's chosen people. That, um, that we're picked out for this. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and I really like this thing that we're holy and dearly loved. Um, the dearly loved, we're definitely already there because that's God's part. Uh, sometimes I think the holy is, is the process of becoming, isn't it? But, yes. but God's so good. And Paul really draws this out really often that, that God calls us holy even now when we're only on the way. Um, but that's the that's the hope of our future. That's that's where we are in Christ and, and where we're becoming in in the current time. That's right. And I think uh, the thing that struck me as well is that uh, those three words, chosen, holy, and loved, are uh, three words that Paul here is using to basically Gentile Christians. But they're also three key words that God used about Israel 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like God is saying, look, you know, this is no longer simply about a favored nation. This is about the whole world experiencing and living in a relationship with me. And um, it kind of expands it, but Paul just using three words. It's like he's blowing people's minds saying, look, you know, what was the reserve of the of Israel is now ours too. Yeah. So you said there was two things. What was the next thing about this, this um, verse? Um, it, it was that that crossover that okay. that where we find this little list: um, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. That that crossover with Galatians five is incredible, isn't it? He's really saying this again to a different group of people. This is this is what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus. Exactly. Uh, and it's interesting though, he adds a different one to the fruit. Mm. Uh, so he throws in compassion. Um, and I think uh, Christians are really good at this. I think Christians like to, to think about the fruit as some kind of, this is the list. Uh, and it's not for Paul. You know, there are other virtues that we need to have as well. It's not that that's an exhaustive list. And here he throws in compassion, uh, which is obviously related to some of the others, but um, it's a bit like spiritual gifts. You know, people talk about 1 Corinthians 12, you know the the nine gifts there um but he also talks about spiritual gifts and different types of gifts in other places uh just two things i think for me in this verse uh first of all it starts off with therefore and i just want uh i said a couple i think it's last week or two weeks ago uh when paul says therefore it's because he's done a whole bunch of theology and now he's saying this is how you put it into practice therefore this is how you do it and you see it here um and then the other thing is uh, clothe yourselves. Uh, every single week we've said this, that the fruit of the Spirit is not something that God simply grows within us. It is something that we choose to do. So I really hope you've put on kindness today, Beck. Well, I've tried. Right. <laughs> yeah, you've got two young kids. It's really it's hard. a lot more kind now that everyone's gone to school. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And a lot more patience because that's the key, isn't it? You know, all of these things, they are relational and we can all be patient when we're on our own. Uh, yeah. We can all be filled with compassion when we're on our own. You know, it's, these are relational virtues that uh, Paul is calling us to live in. So verse 13, uh, again, what do you see there, Beck? Um, so for, for verse 13, and um, for me, it's this—it's this mindfulness of God's kindness and goodness to us, and how that translates into our relationships with others. And mm. um, that we're bearing with each other and forgiving one another, and um, because the Lord has forgiven us, um, and as the recipient of forgiveness and kindness, we are to pass that forwards. Exactly. And and I, I love it when he says. Uh, bear with each other because basically he's just saying put up with each other yeah and i like that you know it's not it's not some kind of holy thing yeah just put up with each other in the same way that beck has got to put up with me now for the next two or three years (laughs) and she does have a lot to put up with as as some of you will know um we are to put up with one another because we've all got weaknesses and failings and foibles and eccentricities and all that kind of stuff so we're meant to do that that's brilliant, isn't it? And I love how that interlinks with what I just said about what he calls us holy, but then he sort of recognises, but you are also going to be really annoying. <laughs> People, you're going to wind each other up and you're going to have to live as if you're holy 
in that, that context. I mean, that's a really good point, yeah, because we do have this, sometimes when we read scripture, we have this idea that, you know, we get, you know, a holy person kind of floats through life without any concerns or anything like that. And that's just not true. I've never met anyone like that. Um, life's messy. Church is messy. It can be holy and messy at the same time. In fact, sometimes the messier it is, the holier it is. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um but yeah, but to forgive one another, it's uh, the the kind of the emphasis here is forgive everything. You know, there's nothing here that's excluded. You know, just because Tom upset you during communion one Sunday, that's that's not an exception. You have to still forgive Tom. You know, uh, there's no exceptions here. We are meant to forgive everything um, within the body of Christ because we are forgiven people. Uh, let's move on to verse. 14, uh, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. We've got that same word there, haven't we? Put on, clothe, that same sense of this is something we choose to do. That's what that, that strikes me a bit like we sometimes talk about the armour of God and sort of praying on those things mm-hmm. on, on a morning or as we're going into a situation. And uh, and it's really interesting, isn't it? That sort of sense of we need to slow ourselves down and put ourselves in to God's protection and and put ourselves into a mindset of of who we are in Christ and and what we're called to do um, in every situation. That's really good. I think that uh, that comparison with the the armour is a really good one. Um, Because I often think, I mean, some people like to, physically put on armour, don't they? They like to pretend to put it on. Uh, but uh, I think the putting on the armour is is about lifestyle as well. You know, it's, you know, the gospel of peace and all that kind of stuff and the hells of truth. It's, you live in the truth. It's not something you simply put on. You choose to live by the truth. And here we're to put on love. And, and what do you think Paul means here by uh, which binds them all together in perfect unity? For me, all of these other things kind of hang off love, don't they? That if we um, are loving the person in front of us, if we're loving the world, then we will naturally be. So, I mean, there's an exception to this, isn't there? There's this bearing with one another link back. But um, but as with people that we love, we tend to be quite patient. We'll hold on for them. Um, we will tend to be kind to them and want the best for them and be compassionate towards them. Um, and it's generally the people that we struggle with that, that we're more likely to find these things difficult. Um, so if we are able to grow in love, actually all of these other things will slot into place around that um, as well. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, when we first started the sermon series, uh, I said that some commentators would say that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then everything else is a description of that. And that's almost what Paul's saying here, isn't it? You know, it's love that brings all these things together. And if you love people, you will be compassionate and humble and all the other things. Yeah. And then so uh, verse 15 is a bit of a shift, isn't it? What, what, do, you, what do you see here? What's happening? It is. For, for me, this, this last couple of verses shifts into the how do you do this? How does this work out in, in your life? Um, 
And, and so for me, this, this idea of the, if we can live with the peace of Christ in our hearts, if our lives are surrendered to Jesus mm. and, and we're living peacefully, then we will have a longer fuse for um, kindness and patience and compassion. Um, if we're living sort of holding on tight to our own agendas, we will probably find these things more difficult to do. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing when, when people are at peace with God uh, and also at peace with themselves a little bit, because sometimes people aren't, it also means that they are at peace with other people. And the church is a, should be a place in which, in which we're able to live at peace. You know, that there's a, there's a quality of our relationship that is different. And, and being at peace, I think, doesn't mean there's no conflict or anything, as I'll go on to in a minute, I think. But um, there's, a, there's a quality about our relationships. Absolutely. I think when, when we get hold of that peace, it, it sort of takes away some of the striving and competition that makes relationship really difficult doesn't it it allows us to um live as god's chosen people not needing to sort of assert our position at all but just allowed to live in relationships with one another that that we want the best for one another yeah exactly and the, the thing that interested me is, is the peace of christ is to rule in our hearts and the greek word there is it's kind of taken from um from greek Greek athletics, you know, the kind of the, 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 the track and things. Uh, it's basically the umpire. Ah. So the peace of Christ is the umpire. Uh, so the moment you start to feel no longer at peace in Christ, it probably means that there's something else wrong in your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's, there's sin that you've not dealt with or uh, maybe you're in a wrong relationship with someone or, you know, there's, there's something there that's gone wrong. Uh, and the lack of peace means that there's stuff you need to deal with. Uh, and so it can be within a community as well as within an individual. Um, so anything that disturbs our peace, that is an indicator for us that actually I need to sort something out, which I quite like that idea. That's really interesting, yeah. <laughs> and then he, Paul does, does random things sometimes, Paul, doesn't he? And they just go, and be thankful. Yeah. Yes. He just throws that in and be thankful. And I guess if we're all living in peace, yeah, you can be thankful, can't you? But thankfulness is really important to our lives as well, isn't it? Yeah. If you can hold on to like I know for myself, when I lose sight of all I've got to be thankful for, I can really easily get out of all of this stuff. <laughs> like if I can keep my eyes on, do you know what? God's so good to me and yeah. There are so many things, you know, even on the worst day, God's grace is an incredible gift to be thankful for, isn't it? And if we can keep in that mindset, then every other challenge sort of fades away into that, doesn't it? Yeah. It's quite a good little bomb to throw in there at the end of the odd sentence. (laughs) Yeah. And and the Bible really is a, a sort of manual for living well, isn't it? There's all this stuff in it that if you can do it, actually life life falls into place a bit indeed and and that leads us very nicely great little uh link into verse 16 because it says let the words of christ dwell in you richly i mean what 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 do you think paul's saying to us here what does it mean to for the word of christ to dwell in us richly i think when our lives are 
I lived in a place of worship and prayer and study and, and scripture is sort of infused into our life, then it forms us, doesn't it? It helps us to think differently about our situations. It helps us to think differently about our relationships. Um, it literally helps us to orient our day differently, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so have, living our lives in that way where where we're not only kind of coming into contact with those things on a Sunday, but there's, there are times all through our days and weeks where we're worshipping God, where we're being... Um, in prayer where we're being prayed for and praying for others all all kind of shifts our life into a focus on God in every situation I love the way um the whole idea of the word of Christ dwelling in us living in us in other words not some kind of dead bit of knowledge because some people do treat the bible like that don't they um it's something that is alive in us and it's dynamic and it's purposeful and it's and in some way, it's part of us, but separate from us. You know, there's there's that kind of idea of of this living thing at work within us, not some dead word. Um, and that living word comes back to us, doesn't it? When it dwells in you, you find that actually you remember that that passage that sort of points you back in the right direction at just the right moment. You know, you remember that you're meant to be kind just when you're realizing that you weren't or. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and we're to teach and admonish one another with wisdom. Uh, the teaching thing goes without saying, but the admonishing one another is not something that we, we are very good at, uh, at least doing it with wisdom. No. And, and we said before, you know, that the church should be a place of peace, but that doesn't mean it's not a place without conflict or confrontation or challenge. You know, those two things almost seem opposites, but the the church is a place where both can exist. Yeah. Because if you do admonish, and the word admonish is a very gentle word, it's not a, it's not a kind of big telling off kind of word. Um, if those two, they, those things can live together, it's just hard to do. And I think that's why Paul says, "Do it with wisdom." Yeah, there is there is a real need, isn't there, for wisdom and and grace when we do those things that that our motivation's really important, isn't it? If I just want to tell you, well, you know, you're not doing this thing that the Bible says, well, that, that's not wisdom and grace. Um, but if I'm able to sort of give you something and go in, a, in such a way as to say, God loves you so much that he wants you to be full in this. Yeah. <laughs> he wants you to be whole and healthy and well in this area. So have you thought about this? And allow God to do do some of the teaching <laughs> alongside that, really. Um, but yeah, it is it is true. One of the things I wrestled with a bit preparing this was the, the sort of line between kindness and just niceness. Do you know the sort of like Ned Flanders Christian image of like just just super duper nice, but not necessarily in any kind of dynamic transforming way yeah no I, I fully understand what you mean by that yeah yeah, yeah I can't I maybe that's not a brilliant explanation but that that image in my mind of like yeah. we're called to be kind and sometimes being kind means setting limits and sometimes it means this teaching and admonishing to draw somebody into a fuller exactly. um, understanding of who they are in Christ that 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 that's a word that is a word uh, let's move on to verse 17 um 
I mean, in some ways for me, this this verse kind of encapsulates every all, all the verses before. You know, you know, basically do everything uh in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, basically, that's what Paul's just said. You know, we are to to put on the love of Christ, we are to live in the peace of Christ, and we're to have the word of Christ dwelling in us richly. You know, there's that's just allowing everything that we do to be guided by Jesus. Um, well, let's move on because I think we've uh, we've chatted for long enough. <laughs> so uh, we're now going to uh, have a little think about uh, what does this mean for us and some key points for us to consider. So we're going to go uh, a little bit wider and think about what some of this means to us. Um, so the key thing that we've talked about, I think, Beck, is how all of this is about the relationships within church. The whole idea of kind of clothing yourselves, putting on, means that we literally have a choice, don't we? You know, that every time we meet someone from church, or we're in the church group, or uh, anything like that, you know, it's how we live out those relationships is key. Uh, and I just wonder whether you've got anything that you want to say around that? Yeah, so I, I think... It's really important, isn't it, that we apply these things. It's really easy for us to, to hear them um, and even to sort of keep hold of them. So we've set this challenge this week to do something kind for somebody. And it's really easy to do that once, but we need to embed these things as, as habit, that the way we live amongst one another and amongst our wider community is that we do these things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if we can do that, then actually we'll see the impact of that in our community more and more. And, and you can always do more, like you can be a kind, generous community and step that up further um, yeah, all the yeah. time, can't you? Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you sometimes hear people say, you know, well, uh, this church isn't particularly, I don't know, loving or welcoming or... Um, generous or you know and we can people kind of trot those things out forgetting that they are the church yeah. uh, and you know what contribution are they making to the thing that they think is missing you know so if if you think for instance Christ church isn't a very kind place then go and be kind to people in church because that then you are building up that sense of kindness we all have a contribution to make which is why Paul keeps saying put on, clothe yourselves, choose to do these things um, because that's how we make any Christian community to be Christ-like, that we choose to put them on. We, we need to make the choice, I think, to for the relationships within our, our community to be the most amazing relationships ever. That's our choice. But it is that keeping on making that choice. It's habit-forming, really, isn't it? Um, as we keep on thinking about these things over the next few weeks it's not to like think about one one week and one the next week but this idea of the word dwelling richly in us is that we keep mulling it over and we keep bringing ourselves back to it to form those habits in our relationships with each other it is is consistently doing these things isn't it consistently putting on uh, yeah or, or compassion and humility and patience and kindness um, and choosing to do that. 
And you mentioned uh, the word of God or the word of Christ that says dwelling in you richly. I guess that's the other thing that we need to pick up as a kind of application takeaway point here, isn't it? That um, we need to root ourselves in scripture. And without that, we're not going to get anywhere. The Because uh, I like to look at the Greek stuff, you know, I, I can't read Greek anymore. I used to be able to, I can't anymore, uh, but I'd still look it up. Um, that The richly thing is about abundance. It's it's you know it's about a, a, a it's about quantity rather than quality. Uh, and basically, none of us read scriptures enough. Yeah, and I put myself into that bracket, you know, and uh, and I have to read the Bible. I'm paid to do this, <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, it's about allowing more and more of God's God's word to to shape our our motivations and our thinking and our behaviour, um, and all too often. I mean, all, all the research now says that Christians are hardly ever reading the Bible. I think an interesting challenge that I've heard is to is to read some of these are, are letters, to read some of them in their fullness as well and see how they hang together um, and even see how there's crossover. So we've talked about the crossover between Colossians here and Galatians and seeing how those things are being reiterated. They're the really important themes of living in Christian community that Paul's writing to each of these churches, do this because this is how you become a really good, healthy Christian community. Um, but but we very rarely, you know, it takes an hour or two to read them through. So we, we very rarely sit down for that length of time and read it as if it was a letter. Yeah. And, you know, all too often Christians, are they'll have something on, on their phone and have an app or something that throws up a verse they might read the verse and then move on without even ever allowing that verse to sink deep into their soul. Uh, so they never do the big thing, you know, that, that reads a whole book, or they never just take a verse and live with the verse and dwell on the verse and allow that verse to kind of shape, you know, it's they'll read it and move on. And um, it, it's very kind of symptomatic of our culture at the moment, isn't it? Where it's all, you know, it's all on Insta or Facebook or everything. And you, you read it and you move on to the next thing. Um, we need to dwell on the word of God if the word of God is to dwell in us. And um, it's, it's kind of a reciprocal thing. So let's think about some questions for people to consider, either in on their own or in their mission communities. So here's some questions for you to uh, take this all a little bit further. And um, I've got the first question. Uh, the first question is this. Uh, what do you think Paul is getting at when he says, clothe yourselves, or is, as he says later in the passage, put on? Just try and draw out together what does that actually mean, to put it on? Um, first, that's the first question. Second question, Beck. Okay, so question two. Uh, can you think of a time when you have experienced an act of kindness? And um, we'd love you to share that um, with somebody that you're doing this with. And then think about how did that feel? What impact did that have on you? Um, and what impact does it have on you as you share it together as well? That, that should be a fun question to answer, shouldn't it? You know, people tell stories of kindness. How lovely is that? Um, third question then is, uh, is a kind of challenge really. How will you allow the word of Christ to dwell in you richly for the rest of this week. Just spend some time about what will you actually do? 
and so that you are spending time with God's word. Beck. So then as a suggestion for how you might do that, um, we wondered if you could pick a verse, um, perhaps out of this this reading that we've been talking about, um, and just choose one verse and read it every day. Um, maybe if you've got a WhatsApp group or a, a messaging group of some kind and perhaps you can share your thoughts on that each day but notice but do you notice different things from the passage each day um how does it grow in you as you read it over and over again just that one verse and not not getting too wide but going really deeply with one verse good so that's our time together to an end thank you for joining us everyone and thank you beck Uh, you're going to be doing quite a few of these so you better get used to them yep uh, um, do please join us on Sunday uh, as, we, as we carry on with our sermon series, Bear Fruit, and of course, then next Tuesday for the next edition of Deeper. Until then, stay safe and take care. Goodbye now. Bye.